Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. So we're in this series, Say What? And this morning I'm going to be talking about speaking in tongues. We're talking about our words, we're talking about our speech and the things that we say. And our core scripture for this series is found in Proverbs 18.21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And we've been talking about how our words connect us to the Lord and to one another. And before I get into the message, I want to talk a little bit about some background history We know that Passover is and was a celebration that the nation of Israel celebrated because of the Passover um, and and how that all came about. I'm sure you know the story, but let me just refresh your memory in case you don't remember. Um, uh, Jacob had 12 sons, and one of his sons was Joseph. He was a favored son, and he was uh, very envied by his other brothers. They wanted to kill him. And uh, instead, he ended up uh, being sold into slavery. That was nice of them that they didn't kill him, right? That they just sold him into slavery. And so, uh, long story short, uh, Joseph ends up being the second in command in Egypt. And there's a, a, a very severe famine. And uh, because of, of the Lord speaking uh, to Joseph and him being able to, to tell the Pharaoh what was going to happen, they, Egypt was able to prepare. And so they had plenty of food so that they could feed their people during the seven years of famine. And, either, and even other nations and other people were able to come and, and get food as well. And, um, but they, the, the, uh, the Jews, the Israelites, were in Egypt for 400 years. And after a few, uh, after a number of years, the Pharaoh that was over Egypt began to take note that the uh, Israelites had had multiplied greatly, and there, it's estimated maybe there were a couple of million uh, Israelites at that point in time. And so they had forgotten what Joseph had done, and and so the Pharaoh said, "Look, we need to to put these guys in bondage because if we don't if we don't make them slaves they could overtake us and it's interesting that we sang about today we're no longer slaves right slaves to fear but um, anyway then then the Lord speaks to Moses and Moses goes and uh, speaks to Pharaoh and says let God's people go and Pharaoh doesn't really do that and uh, so God sends the ten plagues and Pharaoh was toying with God he's saying yeah if you remove this plague then I'll let the people go and then God removes the plague and he says no I've changed my mind I'm not gonna let him go so God would send another plague and so the tenth plague God sent uh, God said surely Pharaoh will let my people go now and so that that plague was the death of Egypt's firstborn sons and their firstborn male animals and when that plague happened then Pharaoh said okay you can leave now and uh, what God told Moses to tell the people is that they needed to to put the blood of a lamb over their doorpost and then the angel of death would pass over their home and so the Israelites that did that they they weren't impacted where Egypt was because they they didn't do that and so then they were released into uh, going to the promised land now, 
the reason I'm telling you that is because I want to talk about Pentecost. And Pentecost happens 50 days after the Passover. And we know that when uh, Jesus was crucified, before he was crucified, he was in Jerusalem for the Passover. And there were people from all over uh, all over uh, the known world, I guess, at that point in time that had come for the Passover celebration. And Pentecost re- refers to 50 days after Passover. Pentecost is also known as the Feast of Weeks. It occurs seven weeks after, after Passover because uh, seven days times seven weeks is 49 days. And on the 50th day would have been Pentecost. It's also known as the Feast of Harvest due to being close to harvest season. So the Greek word is Pentecoste, and it means 50. And, and so 50 days after Jesus was resurrected was the day of Pentecost. And, and on the day of Pentecost, the believers were in the upper room, and there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the disciples in the upper room. So my first point this morning is the Holy Spirit enables believers to experience godly supernatural power. And remember that Jesus told the disciples, he said, look, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to leave you stranded. I won't abandon you. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he told the disciples, he said, after his resurrection, he said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. He said, go to Jerusalem and wait. And so on 50 days later, this is when God begins to pour out his Holy Spirit. And um, some people confuse the day of Pentecost with the Pentecostal uh, denomination. And that's not always a, a good representation of what God was doing. And, and I won't get into all that. But let me just say the Holy Spirit is not weird and kooky. It's people. <laughs> they get weird and kooky. When they try to do something without the leading and the presence of the Holy Spirit or when, they, when we begin to, to take things on our own and try to do things uh, without the leading of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is, uh, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. The Holy Spirit will come and lead you into all truth. But yet there seems to be in a lot of churches or in a lot of Christians' lives a resistance to the Holy Spirit. Because of some of the things that they've seen go on. And they're like, oh, well, you know, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want that. Because, you know, if I go to Walmart, I might grab the mic and start speaking or, you know, praying in tongues or something like that. Well, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and he's not going to force us to do anything. He's there to bring comfort to us, to guide us and lead us. And, you know, I I was thinking about, I'm going to be talking about speaking in tongues today, and I was thinking about there's so much controversy over the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Well, let me, I don't want you to answer, but I want you to, to think about these things. Does Satan give good gifts? No. Well, the Satan desires to pervert God's gifts to us. Satan desires for us to reject God's wonderful gifts. Because this is a gift that, that God has poured out to us. And so if, if, if the enemy can come in and pervert that and twist that and say, oh, no, you don't want that. Or, you know, I've heard people say that some of the gifts are from the, the devil. Well, the devil's not going to give you good gifts. But he's going to try to prevent you from receiving those or lie to you and tell you things that will cause you to, to not receive all that the Lord has for us. 
So let's go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 8. And many of you know, we talked about it last week. You can go to the uh, Version Bible app. The scriptures and the notes are there. So um, you may want to do that. Look for Life Fellowship. It should pop up on the, on the Version Bible app. Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And some versions say they were all in one accord. Not a Honda car, but they were all in one accord. They were meeting together. They were in unity. They were in oneness. And, and so I think that's important to know that they were, they were following the direction of the Lord when Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and wait. So they were waiting. And I think it's sometimes like us when we come on Sunday morning or to life group or something, we're coming with an expectation I hope you are. You're coming and you're saying, hey, I'm ready for worship. I'm ready to press in. I'm ready to see what the Lord's going to do in my heart and in my life today. I'm ready for the word of God. And I'm saying, Lord, I want you to just pour into me. And so I think that they were waiting in anticipation of what the Lord was going to do. Verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Last week, we had some, some storms blow through, and the wind was blowing, and it was lightning and, and thunder and lots of rain. And so it's amazing to me sometimes to see the, the power of God, you know, and, and I think about His power. But suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring windstorm that filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Many times we just read through these scriptures, but stop and think about this. God does some unusual things sometimes, things that we don't necessarily understand the reasoning behind, and we sang about it today. It's about faith. Sometimes we just have to have faith. Rise up in me, O heart, believe. Trust God. So that's, that's why it's so important that we know the Word of God and that we accurately discern what the Word is saying. Many times, we just need to read the Word and take it at face value. But what happens sometimes is people will take the Word of God and try to twist it to meet their theology or their religious bent when what we need to do is change our religious bent and our theology to match up with the Word of God. Many times, it's not that hard to understand. Just read it. <laughs> okay, verse 3. Then we'll look flames of fire, our tongues uh, settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. This, this Greek word for others is herot, is, uh, her, heteros, sorry, heteros, and it means other or another or a non-natural. So they, were, they began to speak in, a, in an other uh, or a non-natural language. In other words, a language that they didn't understand. Let me, the Greek word for language here is glossa, and it, it refers to a language that no one has ever studied and having a supernatural ability to speak it or having a supernatural ability to understand it. 
Now, the point I'm really trying to make is there was something supernatural going on here. God was pouring out His Holy Spirit. They're in in one accord. They're in unity. They're in oneness. And they're waiting for the presence and, and, and the promise that Jesus has spoken of. And they receive the Holy Spirit and they begin to speak in unknown tongues or, or a different language, uh, speaking in other languages. Let's read on in Acts 2.5. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. And so people were living there from all other parts of, of the world. Verse 6. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were bewildered because they heard the disciples speaking in their own language. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are are all from Galilee. In other words, these are homies from the hood. How would they know how to speak in these other languages? Because if you think about it today, we can get in a car and in several hours, we can drive hundreds of miles. We can get in a plane and fly to another continent. They didn't have that kind of access. I mean, they'd get on a donkey and it'd take them hours to go a few miles. And, and so they exclaimed, this is, this is, this is amazing because uh, these people are probably unlearned. They probably didn't know multiple languages. And, and so they were like, how, how could this be? Let's read on in, in chapter uh, 2, verse 8. And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. These people that were uh, from these different areas were, were probably from regions like uh, Libya and Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, Syria, Turkey, Greece, Rome. So again, these were not uh, places that they could just go to on a vacation and, and learn the language. This was a Holy Spirit, this was a supernatural event that was taking place. Let's skip down to the last part of uh, verse 11. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. So they're not just speaking a language, but they're proclaiming the goodness of God. Remember, I said that the Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will what? Testify of me. And so through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, they are speaking the wonderful things of God. People from all over hearing about the wonderful things that God has done. They're hearing in their own dialect that these people speaking would not know. The people that were speaking probably had no idea what they were saying. I'll talk about that probably next week. But let's just move on. The Holy Spirit was poured out on them and they supernaturally spoke in other languages. Or, I wonder if it could be, that they were speaking in a heavenly language and somehow as the words were going through the airways they were hearing in their language I don't know and people have different thoughts about that but the the important part is that we realize something supernatural was happening and God was being glorified however he chose to do it so imagine that that I'm that that I'm there and I'm speaking in English which would have been Practical, okay. And there's somebody from Mexico or Spain there, and, and I'm saying, in, you know, in, in this tongue, I'm saying, I love you. And as the words are coming through the airwaves, this a Mexican or a Spaniard heard, Te amo. 
That means I love you. That's what my wife told me. I hope she didn't tell me wrong. Did I say it right? Te amo. And so I don't know what was happening, but somehow God was able to get these people to understand the, the glorification that these guys were speaking, that these people were speaking. And so again, we're talking about the words. We're talking about the words that we say. Are we speaking forth the things the Lord is giving us to say? Um, so I want to clear up some confusion about speaking in tongues, praying in tongues, uh, praying in the Spirit is also known as, and, and I'm not going to get into all this today, but I want to clear up some things that the Lord is pouring out His Holy Spirit. He says in Joel, I will pour out my Spirit upon all, all flesh. And they will, they, will, uh, you know, they will do all these things. They will do these feats that uh, they will have dreams and they will have visions. And so I believe that's the time that we're living in today where God is pouring out for those who are willing to receive and, and yield and obey and allow the Lord to pour into our lives. So my first point is the Holy Spirit enables believers to experience godly supernatural power because there is ungodly supernatural power. And that's what, uh, you know, people that uh, do read tarot cards and, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, all that, all that stuff, uh, they're, they're operating in a spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. It's an unholy spirit. And so the Holy Spirit enables believers to experience godly supernatural power. My second point is speaking in tongues is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And I've heard people say, oh, speaking in tongues is of the devil. Well, the devil's not going to give good gifts. He will try to cause us to reject those good gifts that he gives us. Let me read on. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, before I go there, they probably already put it up on the screen because I do that to them a lot. Oh, great. All right, good job, guys. Uh, I, and I, want, I encourage you to go back and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. Not right now, but uh, when you have some time. Chapter 12 talks about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. Chapter 13 is the love chapter. It talks about, if I spoke with tongues of angels but did not have love, I would be nothing more than a clanging symbol. So uh, chapter 13 is the love chapter, the love chapter. Uh, chapter 14 talks more about the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that chapter 12 and chapter 14 are talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what's right in the middle, the chapter on love. Love is the key. Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4 through 11. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. So God is giving us spiritual gifts, but they're coming from Him. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So maybe you have a gift of serving, hospitality, or whatever that is. The gifts that, that God has given us are so that we can serve one another. And, but God is giving us those. God gives us those gifts. And, and uh, verse 6 says, God works in different ways, but, it's just, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So you may have maybe uh, at one point in time in your life you struggled with something. And maybe I struggled with the same thing. But God didn't always deal with us in the exact same way. So he may have dealt with me in a different manner than what he dealt with you. Because he wants us to come into this personal, intimate relationship with him. 
And so we're not all alike. And I know for me that, that uh, you know, there were some things in my life that God began to just, it was like a weed that he was pulling out of the ground slowly. And, and have you ever seen the roots of a weed? Sometimes they're fibrous. Sometimes they, they look like little hairs and, 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 you know, the whole root system. So it's like God was pulling all of that out, every root, every fiber. Where I've seen other people, God just does something like that. Just the root's gone. You know, the issue's gone. The addictive behavior's gone or whatever. But God will deal with us in different ways because we're all individual. And he knows what we need. And so we just need to yield to him. Maybe, maybe some of us are more stubborn and hard-headed than others. I don't know, so it takes a little longer. But he wants to remove the root of whatever that is and backfill it with more of him. So God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. He wants to do that work in us. Amen? A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. So God has given all of us spiritual gifts, and the purpose is that we glorify Him and that we help one another, not so that we can stand up and wave a banner, oh, look at me, look at the gift I have. Well, God gave that to you, and if He, if he didn't give it to you, you wouldn't have it, you wouldn't be able to do that. And so we have to be really, really careful when God pours out His anointing and His giftings on us that we don't touch His glory, that we don't begin to think that, oh, well, you know, I'm all that in a bag of chips. Well, you wouldn't even be a bag if it weren't for the Lord. <laughs> so, you know, we need to be really careful and receptive that uh, understanding that the gifts that he gives us are so that we can help one another. You know, I've, I've heard people say, well, um, I have the gift of prophecy or I have the gift of healing or whatever. And, uh, and that's, that's fine and good. But... I, I believe that God will pour, for those of us that are willing, will pour through us in whatever's needed at the time. Because there have been times when God has given me a prophetic word for someone. And even for the church, I've shared some of those with you guys. Um, and, and there's been times when, when I prayed for people and they've been healed. Now, it wasn't me healing them. But I think that God is looking for people that are willing to be used by him. If somebody needs a word of prophecy or somebody needs a word of wisdom or somebody needs to be healed, are we willing to do that? So it, it doesn't come down to, well, I only have this gift here. I, you need healing? Well, sorry, you're going to have to go talk to somebody else. I can give you a word of prophecy. But you know what? The thing is, they may need a healing right then. A word of prophecy may be good, but right there, they need something different. So my point is, are we yielding to the Lord and realizing that He is giving us gifts so that we can help one another? <laughs> okay, verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message uh, of special knowledge. And so again, sometimes um, maybe you've had this happen to you or maybe you've been used by God to, to go up to someone and say, listen, I, I feel like I, I want to share something from the Lord with you. And I, I don't know you or I don't know about your situation, but I feel like the Lord is telling me to tell you that in, in your job search, there's going to be a job that's going to come available, but don't take the first one. God has something better. That's the kind of thing that, that God can do through our lives when we are connected to the source. We need to be, make sure that it's the Lord speaking and not us speaking, though. 
And so that's why we need to have this intimate, personal relationship with him. And that's why we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why we need to have a relationship with him so we know his voice and not some other voice. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the the one spirit gives the gift of healing. So these are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives that we can walk in, that we can apply to our life and the lives of others. This is the Word of God. These are the gifts. So when we pray for healing for someone, we pray and we expect that they're going to be healed. Now, honestly, sometimes it doesn't always happen, and I'm not sure why. I had a guy call me a a few months ago, and he said, hey, my my daughter was in a horrible accident will you pray because you prayed for me before and God has answered my prayer God I've seen God move he says you're the man I said whoa 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 whoa, whoa. let's let's get this straight I'm not the man he's the man and I will pray for you but if whatever God does it's it's make sure you give him the glory and and so we need to understand that God wants to use us like a conduit that we that he can pour through our lives if we're willing and able, and if we stay connected to the source. Uh, There have been times when I've had great faith, and I've shared some of those stories with you, where God has given me, it's like just a supernatural abundance of faith for something. And and so God can do those things. Uh, Verse 10, He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. Verse 10 continues, he gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. There are other spirits. We, you know, I talked about those that read palms and tarot cards and all that. They're receiving from another spirit. And we need to be careful what we receive. Is this of the Lord or is this of my flesh or their flesh or something like that? And one of the ways that we can test the word is to, to look at the word that's given to us and compare it with the Word of God because it's never going to contradict. Oh, you know what? You can cheat on your wife. It's okay. You know, the Bible is, is old school. You can live this lifestyle. You can do that. You know, that was 2,000 years ago. Well, that's not a word from the Lord because the Lord has come to set us free. John 10.10, 10, you know what? The thief has come to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to set us free. He's come to set us free. And so the enemy will want to keep us bound up where Jesus has come to set us free. So whenever we receive something or we're told something, we need to weigh it against the Word of God. But we need to know what the Word says so that we'll be able to discern whether it's from the Lord or from somewhere else. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. And so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail here, but the word says that if someone is, is in a church service and they begin to speak in tongues, there must be someone there to interpret it. Because if I begin to speak in French and, and you don't understand French, how, how is that going to build you up? How is that going to edify you? How is that going to do anything? So and I'll talk more about that here in a minute and also next week. 1 Corinthians 12:11, It is the one and only spirit who distributes these gifts. The gifts are coming from him. And I know that there, uh, I've heard of a denomination or church that has said that uh, you're filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In other words, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, wait a minute. What if the Holy Spirit hadn't given me that gift? 
So we need to be careful how we, how we divide, you know, view the Word of God. Now, many times you see in the, in the Scripture where when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they did begin to speak in, in other languages and speak with tongues. So I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm just not sure that that happens every single time. And that's really not my point this morning. But my point is that it is the, the one and only Spirit, the Spirit of God, who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So, you know, what I encourage all of us to do is say, Lord, what's, what gift do you want me to have? What do you want to pour into my life? Would you pour out your anointing? Would you give me the gifts that you want me to demonstrate and to live out? And maybe it's a different gift on Tuesday than it is on Thursday. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it, he alone decides what gift each person should have. And then, so that's in chapter 12. And then you have chapter 13, the love chapter. And uh, so let's look at our three points this morning. The Holy Spirit enables believers to experience godly supernatural power. And I think that's one of the reasons the enemy tries to derail Christians and try to get them off track because the Holy Spirit wants to give us the supernatural power so that we can help one another, so that we can live the abundant life that Jesus came to give. My second point, speaking in tongues is a gift from the Holy Spirit. My third point is a question. Will you receive the supernatural gifts the Holy Spirit gives? Because he's not going to force it on us. And I think we have to be open. We have to believe. We have to live this life of faith. Faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. That's faith. If we don't see it, we have to, we have, to have faith to believe it. And if, if God has said it, then we need to believe and receive what he says. So now let's skip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 through 6, and then we're going to look at 39 and 40. So chapter 12 talks about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. Chapter 13 talks about love. Chapter 14 continues... And remember that these are letters, that this is a letter that Paul wrote. So it wasn't broken down in chapter and verse like we have it here. This is for our uh, ease of understanding. If I were to say, if, if we didn't have chapters and verses, uh, could, you, could you look at the 2,336th word in this letter? You know, so this is just a simplification for us. So 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let love be your highest goal. Okay, so he's talking about the gifts from the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit that's resident in our lives. But he says, let love be your highest goal. Let that be the key and the driving force. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Especially the ability to prophesy. So we should, when we're asking the Lord, are we, let me say it this way, are we asking the Lord for his gifts? And Paul is saying, hey, you should especially desire the ability to prophesy. Prophecy is simply receiving from the Lord and then distributing that out. Like, like the, the Lord gave me a word uh, in May of, of last year. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. We are seeing that fulfilled before our very eyes. I mean, it was changing back then, but it's really changing now. 
I mean, have you ever just stopped and thought about some of the crazy things that are going on? It's like, it's, anyway, okay. Uh, so let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Lord God, help us to be proclaiming your word. Help us to be uh, spreading your word and receiving from you and then distributing that so we can help the body. The Lord is giving us words. He gives prophecy to help people, not just to show off or not for other people to show off. Oh, look, I have a word of prophecy. Yes, the Lord says. You know, I mean, come on. The Lord gives us these tools and he gives us these gifts and he gives us these words to help the body to prepare us um, 14.2 continues you will be speaking by the power of the spirit but it will all be mysterious since God's people oh I skipped a verse didn't I oh, oh let me go back to one let love be your high school but you should also desire the special abilities the spirit gives especially the ability to prophesy for if you have the ability to speak in tongues you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you and again, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week. But it's clear that when we're speaking in tongues, we're speaking to God because other people can't understand unless there's someone there to, to interpret what's being said. You will be speaking by the Spirit, uh, by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. Verse 3. Now, now think back to the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit poured out they were speaking in an unknown language or speaking in tongues, but the people were able to hear and understand and receive. God was doing something supernatural. So God can do that, but again, we need to make sure that it's the Lord driving us to do that. Um, for if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will be mysterious. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Do you ever need to be strengthened and encouraged and, and comforted? We all do. And so we can do that by speaking the word of God. Now, we don't, we don't have, it doesn't have to be, you know, the Lord said, get a deep voice and you get all spiritual. The Lord said, you know, you can just be normal. You don't have to be weird and kooky <laughs> or talk in a certain way. It cracks me up when I hear some of these guys talk, and I'm like, you know, do they talk like that when they go to Whataburger? You know, <laughs> give me a hamburger and a french fry, too. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm getting off track here. But God is wanting to speak through our lives to encourage one another, encourage us and speak. Uh, encouragement to one another verse 4 a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church I wish you all could speak in tongues Paul is saying but even more I wish you could all prophesy he's saying I wish that that you would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and just allow the Holy Spirit to work through you because God wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to be strengthened. And, and God will use different modes or different ways to impact our lives. Sometimes 
We can, we can be touched by God by just looking out at nature and saying, wow, what a beautiful day this is. What a beautiful venue this is. We can be encouraged by looking at one another, saying, what a beautiful person. What a lovely person that God has created. Uh, last night we were watching a movie, and uh, uh, it was The Chosen. It was episode two, I mean, yeah, season two, episode eight. And uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was talking to Jesus. And she says, in effect, I wish your father were here to see this. And Jesus is like, well, which one? <laughs> my heavenly father or my earthly father? But the thing that struck me was my dad has been gone for about 20 year, 28 years and Christine's dad has been gone for about 18 years. God hadn't called us to start Life Fellowship at that point in time. And I was thinking about how proud, for lack of a better term, our dads would be to see what God has called us to. It's a privilege and honor to get to do this. But how pleased they would be if they could stand here and tell us, you know, how how pleased they are that we get to do this. And then I, I took that a step further, and I thought about our Heavenly Father. Because I think our dads have a different perspective being on the other side of heaven, that they're seeing some things. They're saying, son, you can do it. You can go. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Don't stop. Keep pushing forward. Keep focused on the Lord. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Think about what your Heavenly Father is seeing as He looks down and He sees our lives and He sees us loving Him and serving Him to the best of our ability. You know, some people may say, well, I don't know if I really love God. Well, just keep pressing into Him. Keep building that relationship. It will happen. And I wonder what God is saying as he looks down today and he sees us sitting here. In our lives, our heart, our compassion, our passions for one another. And, and willingness to yield to him. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Verse 6, dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I could bring you a revelation or some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. So my dear brothers and sisters, verse 39, be eager to prophesy and don't, for, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Okay, so he's talking about that prophecy is better than speaking in tongues. What good would it do if I speak a thousand words in tongues and you didn't understand, but if I could speak ten words that you could understand, that could help you. But he's saying don't neglect, don't forbid speaking in tongues because as we read earlier, it's a gift. And there may come a time when you need that, when the Holy Spirit will give you that. Say if you're in a foreign land and you're at a, a checkpoint and you don't understand what the guard is saying. And you need to get through. 
But there's a communication barrier. God could give you a, another language to speak so that you could get, get through. Or he could give you the ability to hear and understand what was being said. God can do those things. He does do those things. And so we don't need to limit God. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do through our lives. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy. Lord God, give me that gift. Let me proclaim Your Word in power by the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to draw their people to Christ, that's going to encourage them, that's going to strengthen them, that's going to build them up. And don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure that everything is done properly and in order. My first point, the Holy Spirit enables believers to experience godly supernatural power. That's why Jesus said, look, don't fret because I'm leaving. I'm sending the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you. I'm not leaving you stranded. So are we willing to receive the supernatural power and walk in the boldness and the fullness that God has called us to? Speaking in tongues is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Will you receive the supernatural gifts the Holy Spirit gives you? It's a choice. Let me ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I want to recommit my life to the Lord or I want to come back to the Lord. I, I don't have a relationship with Him. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Anybody here today, there's no shame in that. Maybe you're watching online and you say, that's me. I want you to just pray this prayer. I want you to just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I receive you now. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. I receive the fullness of the forgiveness for all that you, you did on the cross for me, Jesus. And I thank you for this new day. I thank you for this new beginning. I thank you for this fresh start. And I pray that you would help me in my struggles. Help me to walk this life. Help me to receive your grace and understand that this is not about performance. It's about your grace, God, that you're pouring over my life. It's by your grace that I'm saved through faith, not of my works. And I receive you today. And if you prayed that prayer, I want to pray one more prayer. Lord God, I pray for the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit to just fill them. Fill every one of us with a greater measure. And that you would just pour into us, Lord God. And uh, that we would be receptive and sensitive and obedient to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. We hope today's message encouraged you. For more information about our church, please visit our website, lifefellowship.me. We invite you to join us again next week for another life-changing, uplifting message. And remember to live it.